Welcome to Friends in Fiction, five best-selling authors and the stories. Novelists Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, Patty Callahan Henry, and Mary Alice Monroe are five longtime friends with more than 80 published books to their credit. In 2020, they created Friends in Fiction to provide author interviews and fascinating insider talk about publishing and writing, and to highlight independent bookstores. These friends discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place. Well, hi, everybody. It's Wednesday night, and we're back live again after a week away. I hope you missed us. We miss you. Tonight on Friends in Fiction, we've got two great guest authors whose new books I'm so eager to share with you. Oh, by the way, I'm Mary Kay Andrews. <laughs> I'm Kristen Harmel. I'm Christy Woodson Harvey. I'm Patty Callahan Henry. And I'm Mary Alice Monroe. And this is Friends in Fiction, five New York Times bestselling authors, endless stories to support indie bookstores. Tonight, we are so thrilled to welcome two bestselling authors, Kristen Higgins and Colleen Oakley. And I have to tell you all, I get a little bit weepy thinking oh. of their beautiful new novels, mm -hmm. both of which have powerful evocations of grief and joy, mourning, and the promise of hope. Kristen's Pack Up the Moon. <laughs> yes, Kristen's Pack Up the Moon and Colleen's The Invisible Husband of Frick Island. And these books are going to stay with you long after you turn the first, the last page. The first page, the last page, you'll love all the pages. Oh, all the pages, <laughs> yeah. All the pages. <laughs> That's so my story you might talking. remember. <laughs> <laughs> you might remember that last week, Mary Alice, Mary Kay, and I, along with our fearless leader, Meg, and right-hand podcast chief, Ron Block, were invited by our Christy to visit her home in beautiful Beaufort, North Carolina for a series of fun events in support of their historic homes tour. And guess what? <laughs> Kristen, Kristen was there too. <laughs> we made sure because we missed Kristen so much that she was with us. And she probably couldn't have even made us laugh as hard as she did if she'd been there. Yeah, I agree. Was so too, are you going to kick me off the show in favor of a cardboard <laughs> cutout? <laughs> what you're saying? Have you yeah, brought me here tonight to tell me that? You, you provided endless entertainment. <laughs> and it did guess get what else? <laughs> and guess what else? Christy made sure that all the homes were fully stocked with our favorite Mama Geraldine's cheese straws. For those late night snack attacks of which we had many. Uh, I was so sad I couldn't make it. Um, being there in cardboard spirit was simply not the same. <laughs> and, I, and I'm going to tell you, as someone who's not that well endowed, I'm getting a little offended by all the references to Flat Kristen. I'm just telling you. <laughs> but okay, so you guys, I have to tell you, I was so sad that I wasn't there. And you know what I do when I'm sad? I stress eat. So do you know what I stress ate a lot of last? Last week, Mama, it's Mama, Mama Geraldine. 
So you too, for your stress eating needs, should you ever have such a need, can get Mama G's delicious cheese straws and cookies for 20% off with the code FAB5. They're even delicious when you're not stress eating. They're just incredible. So it's a woman-owned business we all support. And you know that every week here at Friends in Fiction, we partner with Parade Magazine online. Not only do we stream live to their Facebook page, but we also write life lessons. Ooh. Life Lessons Essays for their magazine. This week, Christy's essay was a really beautiful love letter to the sweet days of summer. Well, this will make you guys laugh. So a couple of weeks ago, I was recording with all of our favorites, the Satellite Sisters. And one of them asked me, have your books ever influenced anyone to move to the North Carolina coast? And I thought about that for a minute and I was like, Yes, me. <laughs> to me to move to the North Carolina coast. So um, I tell a little bit about how that came to be in my essay this week and just about why I love summertime so much. I mean, I'm so fun for Will to be home with me all the time and just to just feel that sense of freedom that um, I guess we just find in childhood and it just sticks with us. It's amazing. Yeah. Yep. Some of us. <laughs> um, no. Hey, ladies, do you want to give us all an insight into your favorite moment of summertime? I will tell you mine, since you didn't ask. Um, <laughs> I think my favorite moment happens on those quiet summer evenings when my husband and I sit on our front steps, sipping an adult beverage. Mm-hmm. And we look out at the garden and we hope to see a hummingbird at the feeder. And then we have a really exciting competition to see who can fi- find the first firefly flickering in the treetops. Or so any at all, right? I know. <laughs> it, well, we do have we do have fireflies. I'm so so that makes us officially old and sad and boring. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <gasps> yeah. For me, it is just the sheer delight of longer days and just this kind of general sense mm-hmm. that people have slowed down a little bit. And they're enjoying being outside or family time mm-hmm. and watermelon, always watermelon Definitely. and tomatoes fresh <sighs> from the vine mm. and strawberries and popsicles. All those things are what and peaches. Oh, my gosh. The peaches. Peaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You guys, I'm going to be like Debbie Downer here because this is what summer looks like for me. My books usually come out in the summer. Mm -hmm. So I'm running around like a mad woman. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband's biggest component of his job is running a summer program. So he's crazy and stressed all summer long. Um, And especially this last year when Noah didn't go back to school, like it's just the year has bled into the summer. So the only difference for us this year is it's just hot it's just hotter than it was. <laughs> and it's a hot summer too. Oh, you guys are doing you guys do summer so much better than me i'm gonna have to learn from you all next year come up oh, here no. you can oh, just God. you can just re- you can just read my article over and over again Chris. <laughs> honestly i think a lot of us you know we get it because you know we all had books out spring yeah. and even though it's just beginning to be summer you know i'm just glad to be home i had two book tours back to back and it's just it's just uh can sleep a little later but you're and, and do i really have to do something next yet it's a really busy time for us on the island because i'm a turtle lady and this is the time of the nest so now that i'm home the, the 
team gave me a few days off or a couple of weeks off, but I've got to go back on duty. And even though I do, it, my favorite time of summer really is sitting at the beach at night waiting for the sand to move. You know, you hope uh, a hatchling comes out, but it's such a, a beautiful time of night, late at night, no one's on the beach. Usually it's just me and Barb sitting there waiting for a hatchling and the 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 air is cooler it's just the time to recharge your batteries so i look forward to that oh it's time for me to tell you about our guests <laughs> yay we need to yes i am so excited tonight we have got Kristen higgins and colleen oakley with us Kristen Higgins is the New York Times, USA Today, and Wall Street Journal bestselling author of 19 novels, which have been translated into more than two dozen languages and sold millions of copies. Kristen's also a co-host, along with her friend and fellow novelist, Joss Day, of the Crappy Friends podcast, which discusses the, I love that, right? Which yeah. discusses the complex dynamics of female friendships. She lives in Connecticut with her heroic firefighter husband, and her official bio says that she's the mother of entertaining long-lashed children. Long-lashed children. I know, I, I love it. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> Colleen Oakley is the USA Today best-selling author of four other novels, including her newest, The Invisible Husband of Frick Island. Her, novel, her novels have twice been shortlisted for the prestigious Southern Prize for Fiction. A proud journalism school graduate. I, I'm not saying this part. <laughs> Good. Superior <laughs> University of Georgia. What? No dogs. <laughs> we are that was hard for her to do. Fiction. Fiction. It's lies, a proud journalism school graduate of the University of Georgia. Colleen <laughs> was an editor at Marie Claire and Women's Health and Fitness magazines. Her articles and essays have appeared in numerous publications. She currently lives in Atlanta, Georgia with her husband and her four kids, four chickens, and two guinea pigs. I'm wow. jealous of the chickens. I got to be honest. I've always. Okay, Sean, chicken. bring those ladies on. <laughs> Hi, ladies. Hey. Welcome, Colleen. Welcome, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. So happy to be here. We're happy to have you. Um, First of all, I want you guys, if you guys, that's such a bad thing to say. I wish you all, you ladies, would each give us the elevator pitch describing your newest novels. We're going to start with Colleen. Sure. Yeah. The Invisible Husband of Frick Island is about a young widow named Islet, named Island. I'm now I'm. It's my wife. <laughs> There's something welcome. in the air tonight. Welcome. I'm, welcome I'm doing it too. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's about a young woman named Piper who lives on Frick Island, a very small remote island off the coast of Maryland. Um, she lost her husband in a boating accident, and in her grief, uh, she lives under the delusion that her husband is still alive with her, walking him down to the docks, eating at the local restaurant with him. And the entire town, in fact, has embraced this delusion and goes along with it, waving hello to her husband, Tom, as she walks uh, him down to the docks. Okay. And this is all fine and well because they live on this very small island until a reporter comes over from the mainland to cover a fluff piece on Frick Island and instead finds the very intriguing story 
of an entire town interacting with a man who does not exist. And he decides he wants to get to the bottom of this and begins unraveling some mysteries that the Islanders perhaps would have him not unravel. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Okay, Kristen Higgins, you're up. It's really hard tonight, y'all, because we've got Kristen so Harmanel and Kristen Higgins. Page number three. Yes. <laughs> Pack Up the Moon is um, a love story about a beautiful couple, Josh and Lauren Park. When they have been married for one year, Lauren learns that she has a terminal diagnosis. And so in preparing for her all too soon death she decides to write joshua a letter for each month of his first year of widowhood giving him a job to do to push him out into the world and connect with other people which is not something he does very well on his own so as the year progresses the jobs get a little deeper and harder and um and and she tries to kind of walk him through this period of sorrow and bring him out on the other end and it's both, done, I have to say. They're both such they both, great, yeah. great books. And there's this very readily apparent theme that runs through both Colleen and Kristen's novels because they both deal with the untimely death of a young spouse. And the reader knows that from the very beginning of the stories. So in Unpack the Moon, we know that Lauren will die of a terminal illness and, and Colleen's the invisible husband of Frick Island, that Ben, a crab fisherman, appears Actually, to Actually, it's Tom. I got that Tom. wrong. Ben Tom, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's on me. It's on me. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have known better than that. Although we were just discussing before the show that we couldn't remember the names of our own characters. Yes. Characters, much less other people's characters. <laughs> sorry, Colleen. Um, but I would just love to hear the challenges that each of you faced, especially on the heels of a pandemic, dealing with readers that say they don't want to read anything sad. So, Kristen, can you address that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, I... I was worried about that. I didn't plan to write a book about a terminal illness involving the lungs that came out right after COVID. Oh, 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 yes. oh yeah. wow, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that um, that it's the right book to read right now because we've all been so locked down, you know, literally and, and, and figuratively in this pandemic, staying home, staying in our bubble, wearing masks, limiting the outside world um, interactions that we have. And I think that this book is very emotional. Um, you will definitely cry during it, but in a good way, in a sort of let it all out. We've been through this yeah. year and a half that no one ever wants to repeat. And, um, and I think overall, it's a very joyful and uplifting story, but it does address you know, a very sad subject. Um, and it's it's difficult to handle in that way, but I have not had one person say, I wish I hadn't read this story. Mm. Everyone is on the opposite side saying, I'm so glad I read this. Yeah. So the response yeah, I have is to, fantastic. I have mm -hmm. to say that Lauren, the character was so upbeat and uh, charming and she, did, she didn't let it get her down, which kept the pace and the, and the mood of the novel really positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, there's enough funny scenes in there, enough oh, laugh yeah. out loud scenes oh, to yeah. kind of carry you along right when you need them the most. You know, like there's something absurd or funny that happens, which is kind of my trademark, I hope. Yeah, absolutely. Uh -huh. What about you, Colleen? Yeah. I mean, I first want to say that I got to read Kristen's book during the pandemic, you know, before um, before it came out. I was very lucky in that. And I did sob hysterically <laughs> at the end, but I did laugh so hard. I mean, I, I was emailing her, telling her some of the scenes that just had me rolling. Her characters are so 
so charming. So it's definitely like that fine line between, you know, happiness and sadness, which is the kind of books that I love. Um, and that's the books I love to write too. So Frick Island, you know, while it deals with the grief of a dead husband, which sounds sad, it is filled with quirky, funny characters. And I like to say that I find, I try to find the hope and the light and the joy in the of the grief and the sadness, which yeah. I think is kind of what we're all doing during COVID. And right, then, right. <laughs> so true. I, I also got to read an ARC, an advanced reader copy of, of Frick Island, and it is so quirky and so appealing. You, know, you just want to move to the island and, and eat at the little restaurant and get to know all the fishermen. You have such a gift, Colleen, at, at making a sense of place and community and i i loved that and i agree like the book is about a sad subject but it's not a sad book mm -hmm. no yeah, i keep kristen i keep thinking about the scene where lauren's you know she's got tubes in her nose and all this horrible things happening and she's giving her husband the loser the forehead loser <laughs> I, I mean that's what i i love those moments in both of your books that you um I don't think your readers are drowning in sorrow. I think no, they're, I no. think they're reaching for hope, and you yeah. did that beautifully, both of you. Yeah. yeah, and it ultimately is about happiness. Ultimately, mm -hmm. so um, although there's sad things, but mm -hmm. I want to talk about your research, um, which is sadly and dorkily one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> so you first, Colleen, your fictional, and you just mentioned it, Kristen Higgins, it, about the sense of place, your sense of place, right? So it's a fictional island um, off the coast of Maryland. And I, I looked at some of the photos you had of you and your mom visiting a real island, yes. you know, when you were doing your research. So I know it's kind of based or inspired on a real place, but you have the theme of climate change and global warming, you know, causing the seas to rise and it threatens the existence of Frick Island. Did you do a lot of research on this? I mean, I know you went to the island, but I want to hear about your research with all of that. I did. Yeah. So Frick Island is based on and inspired by the real life Smith Island, which is a real island off the coast of Maryland, 12 miles off the coast. It takes 45 minutes in a boat to get there. Um, and I first visited the island about 20 years ago with my grandparents. And it's one of those places, you know, the people that live there are American, but they live completely different existence than you or I. It's I so, so isolated. And in fact, one of the books that I read for research is, is called An Island Out of Time. It's a memoir about a man who lived on Smith Island in the 80s with his family. And it's, I mean, that's what Smith Island feels like is, is a place that is completely out of time. Like you're stepping back mm -hmm. in time when you go there. And that's what I wanted Frick Island um, to feel like in the book. So, yeah, I, I got to visit Smith Island a couple of times um, in research uh, while I was writing the book read a few books about Smith Island and then definitely delved into the climate change, which is a real threat to the real Smith Island. They think in, in oh, maybe sure. 80, yeah, 80 to 100 years, it won't be there, which which is really common with, I think, a lot of our coastal coastal yeah. islands. With climate oh, change. yes. So. <laughs> how well. did you first hear about Smith Island? Like, did you know about it from visiting? Like, how did it even yeah. bubble up to your consciousness? 
Yeah. So my grandparents lived in this very small town in Maryland when I was growing up. Uh, And when I went to visit them, they said, we're taking you to Smith Island. And I said, (laughs) what is that? That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I was wondering how I knew you did the research. I loved looking for anyone who's watching. Go check out Colleen's um, social media. She has pictures Mm -hmm. of visiting Smith Island. So, Kristen. Can you talk about your research into idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, which is a mouthful? Um, So Lauren has it and she knows she has it and she knows it's terminal and she's a young bride. Surely you had to dive down the research hole for this. Um, Joshua calls it 12 syllables of doom. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it, um, you know, I, I knew going into this book that I wanted to write a story of a widower in his very immediate grief and, and kind of the path that he has to walk to to find hope and happiness and 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 promise again. So, yeah. you know, we writers are horrible people. We like to inflict pain on our characters. <laughs> so I thought I need to find a terminal disease that is not cancer, just because there's, you know, plenty of books about people with cancer. So I found um, IPF and then... Um, Doing my research, I found a website that had a young woman blogging, and it was um, it's called Under oh, wow. Thirty. So, a young woman who has the same thing that Lauren has, um, who deals with the same things. Um, the management of your day was kind of the most interesting wow. thing, and I ended up dedicating the book to to this woman, Charlene Marshall, oh. um, because she shared so much about her day to day life. And also, oh, how lovely. Yeah, she yeah. was incredibly generous and, and we're yeah. friends now. We want to visit each other. And, um, but um, yeah. she also, you know, uh, on the one hand, she's talking about, you know, you have to judge if you really need to go up the stairs because that's going to exhaust you and oh, have your mm. oxygen saturation drop. On the other, she had this idea of like, look, my time is not going to be as long as I want. So what do I really want to do now? What kind of mark do I want to make on the world? And, and what are the things that are going to really fill my shorter, my shortened life with a lot of happiness and adventure and stuff. So the first time I wrote to her and said, like, would you be willing to talk to me? I have to warn you, you know, my character dies. And she's like, Oh, I would love to talk about this, but I'm in Hawaii right now. And I'm about to go snorkeling. Um, don't you love it definitely was was like seizing every moment and without romanticizing the illness yeah she said you you're not going to have as long as you want so you really do have to make the most of what you have and that was always there less i love such a lesson there right for all of us yeah what a beautiful mark she's left through your book too though i mean what what a beautiful way to honor her and absolutely yeah that's incredible what was this quote from the shaw Shank Redemption that they kept talking about, Chris. Oh, yeah. I love that. Get yeah. busy, uh, yeah. get busy living, or get busy dying. You know, yeah. and exactly. that was like her mantra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, mm-hmm. they say to each other, "Don't you Shawshank me?" You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that that oh. Red, played by Morgan Freeman, says, and um, I have seen that movie probably thirty-five times. And yeah, I've seen it a couple times. He says that I burst into tears. Oh <laughs> no! It's such oh. a it's such a small sentence and such a profound statement. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and it fits the book perfectly too. Mm-hmm. Um, you were talking about you know Lauren and then Joshua. Uh, I have a question. 
question about Joshua, who I thought was a really inspired character. He um, was a, first of all, he's brilliant. He's a biomedical engineer, not just, he's a genius of right. sorts. But you, am I, I'm pretty sure you said he was high, super high functioning mm-hmm. Asperger's. Yeah, which I thought was particularly inspired because it gave him that awkward inability to, to communicate. He holds a lot inside and that you knew that it would have been very hard for him to have found someone like Lauren in his life. So to lose Lauren, it was almost like that was it for him. And I thought, I thought that was so brilliant. And also just the way he handled grief in social situations. He was awkward. And by the way, the audiobook to the fellow who read it, and I wish I could think his name, he was yeah, very halting, very, you know, yeah. his, he, he seemed like he was, it was difficult for him to even speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm really curious, um, because the grief magnified his Asperger's, his high-functioning Asperger's, um, could you talk about how Joshua's character arc um, would, how you developed that arc following his death? Because sure. that's not an easy story to tell. Right, right. It, um, you know, in my mind, uh, Joshua is very content exactly as he is before he meets Lauren. He is, you know, working, he is, you know, saving lives and improving healthcare through his work as a, a medical device engineer. He has his very small circle of people. And then Lauren comes into his life and it's like in the Wizard of Oz when Dorothy opens the door and it's full color, color, you know, and she brings him to life in this way that he never expected to live. He never had any vision of of being in love or or having an extended family and, and, you know, being such a part of a couple and um, and then she has this diagnosis. So, you know, he starts to shut down again. Um, he rises to the occasion. He's a wonderful husband throughout her illness. And um, and then when she dies, you know, he goes back to that kind of gray lockdown life that he had. And so Lauren's letters bring him to life again and mm-hmm. and, and, you know, lead him to that place where he can see a happy, colorful, vibrant future for himself. Mm-hmm. So I think for him, he had to realize um, how much he meant to people, his own goodness, which Lauren saw immediately and believed in a thousand percent. And um, to get to to accept that, you know, people weren't just there because he was Lauren's widow. People were there because he was himself and they loved him. So. And he had puddles. Was it puddles? Yeah. Pebbles. I mean, I, pebbles, pebbles not puddles. <laughs> not a good name for a dog, eh? So pebbles is infinitely better. <laughs> but I thought that the dog actually was a, was a good device to get him to realize he had a responsibility right. because it was Lauren's dog. And that caring, which forced him out of his shell exactly. a little bit. Yes. Well, I, I loved it. I loved that he had Asperger's. It was very inspired. Thank you, Meg. What a great choice. So, Colleen, I thought it was interesting that you decided to make Anders, who comes to the island, um, a reporter at a struggling local newspaper and also a budding podcaster. Um, And he kind of comes in and he uh, 
immediately betrays the trust of the entire population of Frick Island, right? Good first day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Colleen, I know you have a background in journalism, as, as do I, as does Mary Kay, as do a few of us. Was that any kind of a commentary on contemporary media, or was it just kind of a tricky um, conflict for Anders to navigate, like a reason that he would feel compelled to have to do this? Yeah, I mean, I think a little bit of both. I, I certainly related to Anders in that I, I went to journalism school, and there's this... Go dogs. Well, you, you, went, you went to the wrong journalism school, but as long as you get to okay? <laughs> dog thing. <laughs> You're going to make me check out on a war eagle. <laughs> <laughs> of different schools going on here on this one. Look, yeah. I inadvertently took a side tonight. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Kristen, Kristen graduated from UNC, and as we all know, they don't, their football program really doesn't have a dog in this hunt. So we're just going to go right back to Colleen's <laughs> Their journalism school is awesome. <laughs> I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Oh, so being there are other journalists here on the on the show, y'all can relate to that certain feeling of. There's like an idealistic naivete when you graduate journalism school that you're going to go out and you're going to cover war and politics and mm -hmm. save the world. Yes. But you're also going to win a million Pulitzers while you do it. And oh, you're yes. just like wildly famous, of course, yeah. for your incredible writing. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I really related to Ant Anders and that feeling, and he was kind of a joy to write. Um, but also, you know, there's that line that every reporter has to figure out how to walk, which is yes. covering a story like, you know, you have to weigh the benefit that your story is going to bring to like the greater society, right? And and the harm that it could cause to the people that you're covering. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know that he, that he necessarily gets it right. Um, it's certainly lessons that he has to learn. But I think when you're that young, it's also a little bit more forgivable. Like if he was a 40-year-old kind of a little bit more yes. you know, seasoned reporter, I don't know that it would be as forgivable as it is for this, you know, fresh-faced, you know, idealistic reporter. Yeah, that yeah. absolutely makes sense. And, you know, I, I wrote for years for magazines and, and I remember being faced with questions like that you, you know like and like you said early in a career because before you've kind of figured out your own moral compass or you know it, whether you put the job first yeah I, I thought that was really interesting the way you did that Colleen I you know I had so many questions after I um, finished reading both these books I saw so many common threads and so many divergent threads but I think one of my favorite things um, about both of your books, Colleen and Kristen, was that, you know, I, do you all agree that you write women's fiction? Okay, just want to make sure that's, I don't want to step on your toes if you don't, if you, <laughs> I mean, what do I know? But anyway, I love that you both had male protagonists uh, who were not alpha males. And I told Colleen that Colleen and I did another event together and I loved Anders and I loved, um, I love Joshua. They're, you know, they're awkward and they, you know, they're not your, they are not your um, 
Harlequin cover model types. And I think that makes them so relatable yeah. to your readers. Um, Kristen, would you talk a little bit about that? Because Joshua is, you know, I thought it was interesting that everybody that Lauren keeps insisting he's hot. <laughs> and then um, her best friend also tells him he's hot, but he doesn't think he's hot. He has no idea. And I think that's so appealing in a man, you know, yes. when he's not spending longer than you are in the bathroom. There, you know, um, yeah, he he looks don't matter to him. I mean, he thinks his wife is beautiful, of course, but it's just such a tertiary consideration of how does he look? He, he dresses very badly. Um, oh, my God. The scene in the um, is it J. Crew? Yes. In the dressing room. Banana Republic, right? Oh, God. He's in the Banana Republic. <laughs> yeah. So he, um, yeah, he um, he doesn't think about, like, how clothes make you look. And Lauren really, you know, kind of shapes, whips him into shape. And and um, and then later, so does Radley, who is the um, Banana Republic salesman who becomes his, <laughs> his close friend. But, um, yeah. I think because Joshua is, he's an only child of a single mom. He has a very small world. He doesn't relate well to other people right away. Social situations are hard for him. So I had to throw the poor guy a bone and make him smoking hot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I loved about that is that it actually, it, that rings true for Asperger's syndrome too. Yeah, that that self-reflection is askew. So he could be a gorgeous guy and have no clue. Yeah. Which yeah. is what made it so appealing. Right, right. And then that awkwardness of not knowing how he appeals to people. <clears throat> you know, he's hit on in the bar with Radley. I didn't even know it. <laughs> he had no idea, you know. And um, mm -hmm. and there's such an innocence about that that I thought was very true to his character. And I yeah. think the same was true with Anders. You know, he's such an innocent. He's so He's so young and so ambitious, but also like such a dork. In the best sense of the word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk to us about Anders, Colleen, because I told you how much I loved him. And I love, again, I loved his character arc. Yeah, I mean, Anders is definitely not hot by any. <laughs> but he's charmingly adorable. Like, you know, like, not unattractive, but, you know, you kind of definitely have to get to know him and his quick witticisms to appreciate how good looking he can be. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, like th those are the kind of guys that I'm attracted to. I think that that's more real life than meeting like the strapping brawny, you sure. know, square jawed sure. man. Like that's fun to read about too. But, um, you know, I just think that that, that to me is more interesting, like getting to know somebody and then they become very attractive. So, and it's fun to read. I think what's great about both these characters is as part of their character art, they finally figure it out how to tune into the women that whose whose lives they've come into because Anders is so close. <laughs> I love when the sports writer in the newsroom is is like trying to coach him on how to pick up chicks. Uh -huh. <laughs> which as we talked about before is very true to life if you've ever met a sports writer <laughs> that's hilarious 
<laughs> yeah. These, you guys, uh, all of you watching, I hope that you will um, get these books. They're, they're just delightful. They're funny. And they'll break your heart and they'll patch them up again. And, and like I said before, when, uh, the, these books will not. These books will not leave you for a while. Um, but let's talk about our, wait, do we have time for reader questions? I think we have to do our bookseller, don't we? Who's our bookseller this week? Yeah, we do. Uh, I'm trying to look at what we, oh, you know what? Let's take some reader questions, don't you think? Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, let's do it. Um, somebody take a reader question. I'll okay. grab one. Gwen Adams says, Colleen, I love following along with you and your family with four kids. How do you have time to write? Fred must be a great partner. Fred is a great partner. He really is. I have to brag on him because, you know, obviously now that my kids are school age, I write for the six hours that they're gone at school. Um, but there are many weekends and nights and early mornings and even full like three and four day retreats where I have to leave and, and bang out some words. And he yeah. holds down the fort. I mean, he's got it. He's got it down. We, we joke that he's Captain Von Trapp and he's got his whistle. He's a great dad and a great partner. And I certainly could not do it without him. Well, I have to say there's a whole lot of comments. I'm looking for questions, but comments from people who loved the books. So you should just, you should know that just lots of them. So Maria Liu wanted said, I read Kristen Higgins, who is different than Kristen Harmel or Kristen Woodson Harvey. <laughs> she read your book, Life and Other Inconveniences, and it was fantastic. And she loved it. She wants to know if the dog on the cover is yours. <laughs> I wish the dog on the cover was mine. Um, I have a sloppy, drooly mud who sleeps 23 and a half hours a day. Um, the, the cover for Life and Other Inconveniences is a picture of a dog swimming underwater. And it's this wonderful photo. It's, you know, there's so much emotion. And you think like, what is this dog doing underwater? But there's a scene in the book where my, one of my narrators, an 85 year old woman, and she, she goes for a swim out in Long Island Sound and she gets a little discombobulated and she she starts to drown and she forgets where she is and then her dog comes out to, to kind of Aww. save her her dog has jumped in the water to follow her and that's how she orients herself so it was a very um meaningful scene in the book um genevieve's moment of weakness and and the dog rescuing her um but alas that that beautiful golden retriever is not mine oh, it's not <laughs> yours <laughs> Irene Justice is asking a question which I'm curious about, and she's asking for both of you, what are you working on next? <laughs> um, I'm not at liberty to say, only because I tend to babble and sound like an idiot, <laughs> and, you know, start in the middle and work my way back through subplots. Um, I'll say it's about two sisters, and it's set on Cape Cod, which is, um, to you Southern ladies, the North Banks of, of New England. It's the most beautiful beach area in the world, and... Um, and a tiny little towns make up. Wait, should we have like a smackdown about that? About like the Georgia, Florida, Auburn yeah, thing? Yeah, I was just going to say, let's be on the beach. I think we should like visit each other. In yeah, yeah. Like, well, I think that's only responsible, Kristen. I like that yeah. suggestion a lot. <laughs> well, Kristen, I'm headed, to, I'm headed to Cape Cod and uh, 
Nantucket at the end of July. Oh gosh, drop me a note. I'll take you I to will. the best place. We'll have the best food, best okay. drink. You got it. I totally interrupted you. Okay, <laughs> two sisters, Cape Cod. That's it. That's all okay. I'm willing to That's say. All she's allowed okay. to say. Okay. It's on to How me. about you, Colleen? What are you working on next? Um, I just finished the first draft for my next book, and it's Good for you. Um, the Mostly True Story of Tanner and Louise. I love wow. your titles. You have you great have titles. Great titles. Thanks. Um, the very short elevator pitch is that Louise is an 84-year-old suspected international jewelry thief. <laughs> Tanner is a 21-year-old college dropout who takes care, is Louise's caretaker, even though that is absolutely not what she wants to be doing with her life. Um, they end up on the lamb from the police and <laughs> trying to figure out who Louise actually is. We've got so many other questions coming in. So maybe both you ladies will, will come on the uh, Friends and Fiction Facebook page uh, after this and answer some of these questions. But people have burning questions they want yeah. answered. <laughs> Come back we've to the talk, Yeah, we've got to talk about our bookstore partner this week, which is RJ Julia Booksellers. My local indie. Yes, they are located on the shoreline in the shoreline town of Madison, Connecticut. Um, I love this. We, they've been our bookstore before. They're such a great store. But um, yeah. Roxanne Cody named this store for her paternal grandmother. And I just adore this. It's a bookstore where words matter, where writer meets reader, where the ambiance and book selection create a welcoming atmosphere and where Roxanne and her team are fiercely committed to putting the right book in the right hand. I just think that's magical. Right. Talk mm -hmm. about a mission statement. But um, you can get 10% off at RJ Julia with the code FRIENDS10 on um, Christian and Colleen's new releases as well as our new releases. Now, ladies, every week, one of our favorite parts of the show is receiving a writing <laughs> tip. And we really want to hear one from you if you'll give us one. So, Colleen, you want to get us started? Yeah, so mine is to, so um, one of the, and I can, now I obviously can't remember, one of the famous writing tips is butt in chair. And right, right. Mine, so I can put my butt in the chair, but then I will go down all these holes on the internet, mm -hmm. you know, rabbit holes on the internet, yep. and not yep. actually write. So my tip is butt in chair, open document. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you actually open the document, even if you commit for 15 or 20 minutes a day, the point is getting back into your story so that even if you don't have six hours to commit to your writing, it's still fresh in your brain and your brain yes. will be thinking about it, working on it. So the next day when you come back to it, you'll have even more to write. So open, button share, open document. Open document. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Colleen, I love it. And I, I, I thought you were going to say button chair, internet off. But yeah. Oh, yeah. It's kind of the same. It's just as good. It's just as good. How about you, Kristen? Um, I actually often give the same tip that Colleen gave is just look at your document every day, even if you can't work on it. But um, for the point of diversity, I'll say that when you get stuck on a plot point and you're not sure that something needs to happen, but you don't have any idea what, just make a list of 10 things. And it could be completely random, like, you know, and she runs over a human or a bomb goes <laughs> off in the bakery, you know, or something like that. And even if they're absurd, they'll get your mind thinking to that next point. 
That's I love great that advice. idea. That's a good great idea. idea. I love that. Yeah. I was yeah. stuck today, and yeah. a certain Mary Kay Andrews said, you know what, Patty, why don't you just get them into a crazy disagreement? Just have them get into a crazy disagreement. And that's the same thing you're saying. Like, just find yeah. something. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that's, a great, that's a great writing prompt, yeah. especially for all the writers out there. Um, let's talk about book recommendations. You know what? We find that um, our members of Friends in Fiction, they are insatiable <laughs> bibliophiles. So thank Chris, God. Yeah. yeah. Thank God. <laughs> you guys have a do ladies have a book recommendation? I do. Um it's uh Pam Jenoff's There we go. Um it's a beautiful story of friendship in the Warsaw ghetto during World War II. So it's an incredibly intense story. You know, you'll read it in one sitting and it's just so beautifully told. It's such an unusual friendship yeah. situation. Yeah. And um, like most of her books, Pam's endings have this a little twist that will break you and heal you so that you're stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got one, Colleen, that you want to talk about? I do. So I, um, as you ladies know, I'm on a big road trip, and I ignored my entire family in the car today reading Seven Days in June. It's a love story about this couple who, when they were teenagers, had a very intense and rocky seven days together. And fast forward 15 years later, they run into each other. And it is really really good (laughs) i can't wait yeah uh kristen you've got one right yeah and i think it's one that a few of us have read and really liked susan elizabeth phillips um when stars collide it just came out yesterday it's part of her chicago star series but you don't have to have read the series it's completely a standalone um but if, so if you have read the series, you know you love her. If you haven't, this is a fantastic place to start. Um, it's about a quarterback and an opera singer, uh, and it is just delightful and fantastic and fun. And it, it's just Susan Elizabeth Phillips, and she's fantastic. And what more do we she's need to fantastic. say? <laughs> and I wanted to remind everyone that Lisa Wingate, who's been on the show, as has Pam Janoff, as has Susan Elizabeth Phillips, yep. um, her book, The Book of Lost Friends, is out right now this week in paperback so if you've waited now's your time mary alice you're muted mary alice you're muted mary you're muted i see it thank you (laughs) i was my dog was barking i didn't want to bother everybody um you know i was i'm on long car trips too and i was actually coming home from beaufort and i had the most remarkable audiobook and it was called the indigo girl and it's not a new book but it's that was new for me by natasha boyd and what i loved about it being from south carolina it's about eliza lucas pinkney a real woman who lived in 1739 and she was a 16-year-old girl, and her father, who was in the military, basically left the running of his plantations in South Carolina to her. And it's because for 
and love for indigo that it became, it really saved South Carolina. So it's a really wonderful book about the history of the time. And you know how I always say the, uh, the narrator makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. And I, this is the first time I heard her, Saskia Marveld, and she's done a lot, but it was the first time I heard her voice and she was charming, so I recommend it. I just have to chime in and say it's really funny that you recommended that book. I love this book too. I actually ah. met Natasha in no Charleston um, the weekend She's awesome. that she um, she told me about this idea for this book, and she actually was like at this conference where I was oh. to pitch this idea to an agent that she really wanted to sign oh, with. Wow. So it's really funny that you. But I, yeah, she is. Uh. A really wonderful human being. Yes. Yes. Doesn't she have the most beautiful voice? Yes. Yes. She does. She's English, and I think we've all met her. And um, she is is delightful. And so I am reading a brand new. Oh, yeah. I heard fabulous new memoir called Fox and I. And it is an un- it's called Fox and I, An Uncommon Friendship by Catherine Raven. And she is a self-described solitary woman. She's a biologist and she builds a tiny cottage in a remote part of Montana and uh, unexpectedly finds herself befriended by a wild fox. And we talk a little bit about that on the podcast that I've done with the new uh, with the newly reinvigorated Spiegel and Grau. So. If you um, love podcasts, give us a listen on Friday. You can hear um, the founders of Spiegel and Grout talk about how this came to be the, the first book on their list. Yeah, I really want to read that book. It, it sounds wonderful. Yeah, can't wait. Okay, so, all right, everybody, it's almost time to wait until you see what I have done with this word salad. <laughs> We're going to pack the moon. And the invisible husband of Frick Island, but not quite yet, because we would love it if you would stick around, not only for our story point, sip and stay, but because we have one final question for Colleen and Kristen. But first, we wanted to remind all of you out there to check our podcast, the Friends and Fiction Writers Block podcast with librarian Ron Block. It is the same podcast, new name, new episodes. We've spiffed it up. We've gone pro um, with new episodes. Every Friday, a new episode drops wherever podcasts are found. Last week's episode is up now, a series called Origin Stories, with where Patty and Ron interviewed Chris Whitaker about We Begin at the End and Amy Jo Burns about Shiner. Shiner, two big, big books this past year. And, of course, I already told you, this week, I'm interviewing Mary, uh, me, I'm interviewing um, Julie Grau and Cindy Spiegel about launching their new independent publishing house, Spiegel and Grau, and their first title, Fox and I. So I hope that you also know about our book club. Um, Some of you may have heard of the book club, but you may not know. It's actually on a separate page. It's a separate Facebook group. It's called the Friends and Fiction Official Book Club. It's headed up by Brenda Gardner and Lisa Harrison, and they have such an exciting schedule coming up. This month, they are discussing Mary Alice's Summer of Lost and Found. That's going to be on July 19th. And in August, it'll be the Forest of Vanishing Stars with me. And then um, they have informal chats and lots of lots of different ways to connect throughout the throughout the year it's pretty great they're the best and i hope everyone knows that we have merch you asked for it and we delivered so right now we have amazing t-shirts wine cups and water tumblers that are available um, from oxford exchange and on our website Um, and we have 
I don't want to oversell our new product that we're getting ready to release, but it's you can oversell it. It's pretty epic, I think. It's epic. Yeah. 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 So stay tuned. (laughs) And because we love to tease and then not really tell you what it is, but (laughs) don't forget about Mama G, our partner in entertaining. And I just like saying this, so I'm gonna do it. Snack on, y'all. Oh, that was so good. Thank you. And next week, join us right back here on our Facebook page at 7 p.m. for possibly the epic launch of all book launches and certainly in the history of Friends and Fiction as we celebrate the publication of Kristen's The Forest of Vanishing Stars. I, for one, have been working with my vocal coach for months in anticipation of my musical performance. Is Broadway even ready for all this talent in one place? I don't think yeah. I know. We'll see. Guys, I'm chatting with is toast. Another person. Another person. Kristen Chenoweth should just hang it up. And no more Kristen's on the show. Yeah, no more Kristen's on the show. Obviously, I've officially lost my mind, right? Yes. Like, I'm up to my eyeballs mm-hmm. in work and stress. And I said, I know. I'll write a Broadway-style musical for Friends in Fiction. Um, but once I get started, I couldn't stop. Okay. And it's going to be so much fun. Um, so it'll good. feature our friends Christina Sivrich, who is a musical sensation with a Broadway past, and Stephen Kellogg, who is an incredible Grammy nominated singer-songwriter. Look him up right now if you have not heard his music yet. And um, perhaps most importantly, Mm. it will feature our very own Sean Hedinger, our behind-the-scenes producer, who you guys all know and love, Sean, who we talk about all the time, in the role of Zeus. And Sean has a brand new single out next week. So we will tell you all about that, too. You will not want to miss it. It's a big week. Yeah. I know, I know. I just thought up the name for what Sean should call his um, his record label, Cabana Boy Records. Who I like it. I like it. I love it. I don't know how he's gonna. Sean, what do you think? Let us know in the after <laughs> Let us know in the chat what you yeah, think. He's like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> so oh, there you go. Okay. So for our upcoming <laughs> schedule of events, please visit our website or check the sidebar on our Facebook page. We are especially excited about our virtual Friends in Fiction debut. Yeah, we're going to even let Flat Kristen Harmel join us at the, Na- at the Nantucket. Stop, I'm very sensitive about this. Okay, you know. no, no, no. <laughs> she'll, be joining us. she'll be joining us with our debut on the Nantucket Book Festival, <laughs> July 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Our discussion is free and open to the public, but you will need to follow the link on on the uh, thing there that they're flashing <laughs> 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 to join us and our good yeah, pal at Nant- yeah I know our good pal at Dantucket part- book partners Tim Ehrenberg will turn the tables on us putting us in the hot seat as the guest and yeah, I just so wanted fun. to do a little preview uh, somebody promised that we would write a short story together why yeah. Yeah, who said Why? that? That's what There's I want to three know. Three guesses as to who would volunteer us to write one continuous short story together. I don't know, maybe the musical writer of the <laughs> I mean I so could fun. choreograph a song and dance number if you guys would you prefer. We'll do story, that. story. <laughs> Whatever you want. Whatever you want, Kristen. Okay, and y'all don't forget that if you miss an episode, you can find it on our YouTube channel. Okay, now, finally, for the final question. One of the questions we love and we ask so many of our guests is, what about your childhood and your upbringing with your parents shaped you into the writers you are today? So, also, what was your favorite? 
favorite childhood book. We kind of added on to it this week. Uh, Kristen, let's start with you. Okay. Um, my favorite childhood book was Mandy by Julie Edwards, also known oh. as Julie Andrews, also known as Mary Poppins. Wow. Um, I don't know that one. Beautiful story <clears throat> about a little girl who's an orphan and finds this little house in the woods that she starts to fix up. Um and what shaped me to become a writer, I think, is that my parents and my extended family, aunts and uncles, everybody talks so much that there was no room for a child to talk. So I just eavesdropped. <laughs> I became a listener. And I think that's probably the writer's greatest skill is to be able to listen to other people's stories. That's the first time I've heard that. That's actually very oh, interesting. And you're right, that listening power. You know, I always tell people you're never safe when I'm in the room because I'll use it. <laughs> How about you, Colleen? Oh, did we lose Colleen? Oh, she froze up. Oh, no, Look how Colleen. prettily she froze. She is beautiful. It's like a photo. It's Black Colleen. What we'll have to do is get Colleen to write it out, and we'll put it on our Facebook page so that everyone can read her answer. Okay, okay so all of you out there, while Colleen is frozen in time... <laughs> We encourage you to pick up The Invisible Husband of Frick Island and Pack Up the Moon, from our, preferably from R.J. Julia, the bookseller of the yes. week. And the link is on our Facebook page under announcements. And thanks so much for being with us. Next up is our Story Point Sip and Stay, where you never know what could happen. But hang on, because we've got one more important thing we want to tell you about. Kristen, thanks for joining us. I'm such a fan of all of you. It's it's Aww. been a thrill. Thank you. Oh, We're a fan so of yours. Thank you. Yes, likewise. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I do. Is this my moment you want me to share yes, here? Yes, okay. yes, please. For all of you out there, you know, I love being here every week, but I I just am going to take a sabbatical a few months off, and I'm not leaving. Just I'll be back in the end of summer, and I just want to get some research done. I have to get out and um, where I'll, I'll probably be where there is no Internet. So, I, <laughs> I, you know, so I'll see you all in a couple months. So if you're wondering where I am, I'll, I'll be popping in when I can. But I'm just taking what we call a little leave of absence to do some work. So I'll see you all soon. Wait, but you, but you, you're still going to be here next week for my launch, uh, right? Me, so, me, 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 me. <laughs> yes, I will. So that that'll kind of be like like your your encore my performance, swan song, right? So your swan speak. song, literally a swan song. Right now, <laughs> Colleen apparently came back. Where is she? Oh, oh hey, here she is. Let's ask her. Do we have a minute? Yes. Okay. Yes. Did you hear the question about what I was it did. about? You? All yes. right. Few technical difficulties, and yes, I'm so glad that I got to get back because my two favorite books are Freckle Juice and From the Mixed Up Files of Mrs. Oh, Mrs. Oh, Freckle. Freckle. Yes. I love that. Yes, Freckle Juice. I love the chance to shout out my mom, who was my biggest, um, you know, writing and reading inspiration because she went back to college when I was little. She got her master's in adult literacy, so reading. Oh always very important and i love to tell the little funny story that 
every single night growing up, we always had reading time. Like I thought that everybody had brushed their teeth and had reading time, everybody in the whole world. And at my very first sleepover, you know, I packed my book and oh, we did it's so bed. Oh, that's so sweet. And I like pull out my book when we're in bed and my friend's like, what are you doing? And I said, it, it's reading time. And no. realize that not everybody has reading time. Oh, that's <laughs> so oh, But everybody should. Oh, that is the key. That's the cutest story. We've oh, Colleen, I, I like you yes. even more now. <laughs> can we have a slumber party and have reading yeah. time? Yes, everyone yes. can do their reading. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Except Colleen, we loved guys. having you. You're Thank amazing. You, Colleen. Yeah, we, we did. Thanks, Colleen. My small technical snag. I no, you're great. Oh, no, but you're going to back just Wednesday Wednesday night. Night. Yeah. Oh, I love you ladies. Thank you so love much. You. Thank you, Colleen. Bye. Bye. That was so good. Perfect timing. Exactly. Perfect timing. All right. Okay, folks, hang out for story points. Yes, where's my story point? Get yes, you. sip and stay with story oh, point. Oh, I have to get my blue mug, though. I have to get my friends in fiction wine mug. We'll see y'all right, in a minute. We'll see you after the credits. See you in a minute. Bye. Okay, everyone, welcome to the Friends in Fiction Sip and Stay with Story Point, which I practice saying after oh, show. Oh, that was great. It was beautiful. Sip, sip and Stay Story Point after show. We are so happy mm-hmm. to be partnering with Story Point Wines. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, they're yeah. just so yummy. Mm-hmm. And all summer long, it will be the summer of Story Point here on Friends in Fiction. I'm going to pack it with me when I go off researching. Oh, <laughs> And Mama G's. <laughs> oh, there you go. It's, it's like the perfect on-the-road picnic basket, right? right. <laughs> With a wine that says things like, indulge in stories told. Is that not perfect for us or what? I know. Their motto sounds like a book title. And and we all know about, well, at least I know about wines and book titles. <clears throat> the winemaker's wife. <laughs> right? Hashtag the winemakers. Um, Simon Parsa, their female winemaker, says, what's wine without a story? And honestly, what is anything without a story? So join us on our summer of Story Point and watch out for our Uncorking the Weekend videos. I think there's a very special one coming on Friday. <laughs> cheers well, to you, ladies. Yes, yeah. cheers to all cheers. of you. And they cheers were to Story so Point. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah were. they were great. Yeah. Yeah, and, and cheers to Mary Alice. So tell us more about what you're going to be doing on your uh, on your yeah. sabbatical. What are you doing on your time uh, away? Well, right now, I, did, I mean, right now, I just want to pay all my bills and or clean off my desk and before I even think about it. I'm doing a couple of things. I'm going to an area in the Ace Basin, which is in South Carolina, between Beaufort, not Beaufort, and mm-hmm. Charleston, 360,000 acres, and where I'll be is in the middle of nowhere. I'm going to stay in a little cottage on a plantation that's just mm. in the middle of nowhere. And I'm just going to live there for a couple of weeks. So oh, that's wow. part okay. A. Wow. I have to live on Deweese for a, a week or two because we have to do the next in the Islander series yeah. to finish that. And then I'm going off to Maine to do some research on whales. So I'm traveling a lot this summer. And um, I'm not sure wh- what I'm going to be doing exactly. Maine's more exploratory. When I go in the winter, I'll be in, in Mexico with whales in December. And I have some things lined up to do work with the whales because that's when they calve and it's going to be really cool. Oh. But um, it's just I'll just be going places and researching and just kind of going under. Right. And then... It'll be interesting. Hopefully, I'll keep my health up. Get rid of this cold before I take off. Yes, yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, I'm going to write uh, about running away to write um, for my parade essay oh, yeah. next. I like that. Oh, and, perfect. Yeah. And I've done that since the very beginning of my writing career. So I don't want to say too much about that because I don't want to burn up all my good material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so have you laid I know that we have them. I know we have the pardon? Have you all you, has we've all run away to write. Maybe not Kristen because she has this pesky little kid. I no, never have I, either. I, I have before. I mean, you know, yeah. I moved to I moved to Paris when I was but before I wrote my first novel. That's where I wrote my first book. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. that's that's definitely running away to write, I think, right? Yeah, but I never ever have ever. Like not even for like a night or anything. So wow. but sometimes wow. I'm like Sometimes I think I'm going to have to, but so far, so far, so good. I just have to know where the animals are. I mean, the yeah. East Basin is more um, habitat, so it's not really, but I just need to know what's living in those woods. Mm-hmm. But the whales, I I mean, actually, how fun is that to be with whales? But yeah. um, I'm not sure what the story is yet, but I, that's, I just have to be there. Yeah. And it may take me two years before I figure that one out. Yeah. Mm. But it'll yeah, I definitely, you know going away to writers cabins writers yeah. um, oh you do that a lot Patty. Yeah. yeah yeah so how you fell off a mountain at one of her writers yeah thanks oh, for bringing not, that up yeah that's that when you broke her ankle that's when it broke yeah it's when i had that's that she was a miracle there's nothing short of a miracle yeah. Yeah. if it had been me my phone wouldn't have worked y'all know how good yeah. i am with phones and <laughs> <laughs> and i would have been dead on some cliff never found her phone worked and that's you know, like when you go off alone, it's scary. Yeah, I haven't hiked alone since then. So Good plan. I, I, I'm glad. Good plan. So what yeah. is everybody doing for the 4th of July weekend? Oh, my gosh. It's going to be I'm so gonna fun. Wine. Yes. Story point and I are going to go watch the fireworks. <laughs> I have to say, living on Isle of Palms is a great place for 4th of July because mm-hmm. you don't want to ever have to get in a car because there's so many, the traffic. Yeah. But yeah. we have a little parade, one of those golf cart parades, you know, that you dress it up yeah. and it's real 1950s like. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the beach because you can walk. And um, if you start in the dusk on your right is Sullivan's Island. And then out, the whole beach just turns around in their chairs. And then there's Isle of Palms. Now watch us there. That's yeah. awesome. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably That's like awesome. the most fun week of the year here. I feel like everyone takes the week off and they're just like, yeah. it's. I feel like every like minute of our next week is like, booked solid which is That's really fun cool. and there are people from all over the place and yeah um it's it's fun we get to see lots of friends that are here for the summer or who only come down for this week or we haven't seen in a year it's really fun so we're excited we're Do you have a lot of traffic it. i mean is yeah. traffic a problem for all the small roads or is it not too bad it's not too bad it's although it's i'm never it's so busy this year it's really it's really really busy so i don't know um this year might be really bad i don't know we'll see <laughs> I'm not Kristen, planning on getting in the car. Kristen, are you going to get to do anything fun? Uh, well, I have a full weekend planned of freaking out, checking my numbers, worrying about <laughs> not doing enough. I keep telling you, don't look Panicking, at the numbers till it's all Waking over. up in the middle of the night, wondering if I'm doing enough. Yeah. Um, yeah that, that, that Kristen's going to be having a really good time with me, though. So that's good. <laughs> I'm so excited for flat Kristen because, like, slightly more shapely Kristen is probably not. So. Well, we're going to be with you. We're going to be emotionally yeah. right yes. there with you. Singing along. Yeah. Oh, yes, oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, on, you're at Palmetto Bluff, right? 
I am. So I'm in Bluffton. And like you just said, Kristen, it's Christy, it's one of the best weekends. Like the there's something every hour. I'm like, stop, stop. But, but my husband's favorite is they have this little thing on the town green called Yappy Hour. For the dog, for the dogs, oh, <laughs> oh, so like all these little makes me laugh. They just put out all these pools, and um, oh, he's gonna love it. I know, but there's you know there's the little parade, and we make my nieces do it every year. And now they're teenagers, yeah. and we're like, we're not doing it, and we're like, yeah, you are. Oh, so the family's <laughs> coming in. So you have family family coming You're going to be here. You have no it. choice. You have no choice. Yeah. Well. <laughs> The most exciting thing happening next week is the release of the Forest of Vanishing Stars. That for sure. Yes. And you were gonna are you doing are you gonna be on the road next week or not until the next week? I'm doing just Florida events next week. So I'm doing Vero okay. Beach, um oh, yeah. writer's block in Orlando, um Copperfish in Punta Gorda, um Macintosh Books in Sanibel and Oxford Exchange in Tampa. That that's nice next week. Yeah, yeah. I'm so I, I'm excited. Um, and then you're you headed know, this way. Then you're I am headed that way. I'm, I'm the so only excited. one that doesn't get to see you. Oh. I think. I know. I feel so sad about it. But you and I are doing a um, a literary festival together in oh, August. We are in real life, yeah. and we get to do a virtual together life. on the ninth with too. Ron. Yes, so that'll with be Ron. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and, and all of this is on your website, right? All of that is on it is, yeah, th- it, okay. yeah, thank you for asking. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. But Thanks I think the wild ones doing. Yes, no Mary Kay, what are, what, are Kay, Mary Kay, what are your big plans? <laughs> I am not going down to Tybee because, thankfully, the houses are rented. Oh, good. Which hmm. means they are generating income for the hole that we've dug ourselves into. <laughs> um, so we're having we're having Fourth of July in the Dale, Avondale Estates. Oh, um we're going to have, you know, the, the traditional parade has been scaled way back. And I think it's going to be a matter of golf carts, drunks on bikes, and pickup trucks. <laughs> and um, Drunks on bikes. That's awesome. Oh, and uh, my son and his girlfriend and her two boys will be here. Um, we'll do a covered dish supper. Uh, I've, I've scaled back my expectations of myself. I'm going to order... Fried chicken from Publix, I think. Instead, no, of- do you? They have such good fried chicken, good though. Yeah, do. do they have good fried chicken? Oh, they good do. too. They have good do. Fried yes, yeah. I do brats and burgers pretty much. That's that's my thing. Yeah, <laughs> corn of the cob, tomatoes, and then we'll yeah. go down to the lake and we'll watch the fireworks, and um, that's about it. I'm, you know, but that's all we need, isn't it? Isn't that the best? Yeah, yeah. yeah just kind of decorate yeah. the front of the house with flags and stars and all the things. And don't uh, forget to keep your dogs indoors for the fireworks, everybody out there. Uh, we yeah. are. We have three English setters, and um, yeah. Ivy uh, is gun shy, and so um, oh. we've got a thunder jacket for her. But oh. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna get her some uh, chill pills. Mm-hmm. The CBD ones work really well. Mm-hmm. They do I'll work. have some of those. Yeah. 
One for you. One for me. You heard me say the word dog. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, good. All right, everybody. I think it's time to go start frying chicken for the 4th of July. We're all going to public. And I'll start and don't forget your voice training. And while you're at Publix, don't forget to pick up your story point. That's right. And if you haven't pre ordered your Forest of Vanishing Stars, like time is going by. Hurry up. You're going to want to be familiar with it by the time we stage the musical, right? Like you yeah. You're, you're going to want to be like at least a few chapters in on Wednesday so that you're like, I know what's happening here. Well, you one of the reasons it. I have these dark circles under my eyes is I just have for day, every spare minute I've been reading this wonderful book and I just can't put it down. Oh, thank so. you. Really I thought you were going to say you were practicing for the musical. I was like, yay, Mary Alice. No, no. I'm a little croaky right now. I'll do my best. I'll do my best. It is so thank you, catchy. Thank you. Like it's it truly it's so catchy. Like when everyone, I mean, it, it's like when, <laughs> when you start. It's so good though, and I'm like, you know, like humming it. And Will's like, what are, little Will's, like, what are you singing, Mom? And I'm like, it's so musical. <laughs> so oh my, the ho- the earwig, the earwig. But I listened to it. I it was like la 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 la. Kristen's earworms. It's not earworms. Earwigs. That's a whole different thing, Sean. No, I have to tell you, I was trying to explain an earworm. Sorry, no, it's I an earworm. It's an earworm. But I have to say, I was talking about it with Marcus because we had heard the word expression. And my grandson was, who's six years old, is horrified. He thought, oh, is that a real thing? You can get a worm in your head. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, Will told me that if you chew gum, it gets out of your head. Head? Huh? I, he said he, he read that in one of those like National Geographic books of all the like random facts. I will tell you. I will tell you a bit of trivia that you don't want to know. Gosh, so there gosh. was I when I was a kid. Uh, Twilight Zone would come on. Everybody here except for Mary Alice and I are too young to remember Twilight oh, Zone. I remember Twilight I was Zone. terrified of Twilight Zone, but there was an episode called The Earwig, <laughs> and it was like. Yeah, don't get them on the Okay, stop. Nightmares, nightmares. Do you want to know the official difference between earworm and earwig? Because I can yes, read it to I you. Do. Okay, <laughs> just, to, real thing, just right? to clear it up. The earworm is the tune that is stuck in one's head, especially as repetitive, while earwig is any various insects in the order of Dermaptera that have elongated bodies. And they do have little, um, the large membranous wings folded underneath short You know, because I was already sleeping so well with worrying about a book release. So this is just super helpful. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm just clearing up that they're different. They're different. We are full service friends and fiction. Oh my God. Okay. You guys also have to come back next week though to hear to hear more about Sean's new single, which I think is extremely important. We have to talk about that next week too. And we're excited. First release on Cabana Boy interests. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Thanks for our new sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) That could be our next merch merch item. Hey, okay. So you know what? Let's end with our first customer. There you go. Take toast to toast to Mary Alice going on, you know, Uh, for 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 and, and we appreciate you doing your swan song next week as part of the musical. So we'll look yeah. forward to that. Uh, I'll be with you. I'll be watching if I can. If I get reception, I'll be watching. Right. Good nice. night, everybody. I love you. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night. And Kristen, we can't wait for next week. Thank you for tuning in. 
Join us every week on Facebook or YouTube, where our live show airs every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And please, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram. We're so glad you're here. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.